Welcome back to Fast Forward. This is a series of interviews where I invite visionaries who truly care about employee experience and well-being to delve deeper into the future of work on the front line. From manufacturing and healthcare to retail and transportation, in each episode we'll be exploring how technology, automation and other trends are shaping the way over 2.7 billion people work on the front line. My guest today is Zoe Humphreys, an experienced consultant who specializes in internal communication, employee experience, change management, and digital transformation. Over the last decade, Zoe has provided consultations for global manufacturers, including Coca-Cola Euro-Pacific Partners, Unilever, and Nomad Foods. So I'm very pleased to welcome her to the series today, and I'm excited to be discussing the topic of empowering the voice of the people through digital transformation. Welcome to Fast Forward, Zoe. It's lovely to see you again. Thanks very much, Luke. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Brilliant. Before we jump into into things, uh, I think it'll be great for you to sort of share a little bit with our audience about um, your internal communications journey to where you are today. Uh, and also, you know, some of the really interesting experiences that you've had working with um, some great organisations that do have a predominantly deskless workforce. Yeah, thank you. I think like many internal communicators, I didn't actually start out looking to being uh, communications. I wanted to work with people, so I actually qualified um, in HR. I got my COPD qualifications and then followed the path of kind of supporting in terms of newsletters and talking about general corporate communications. And actually, I found that that was where my passion um, rose, really, in terms of employee experience and communication. So my journey has been through manufacturing, aviation, um, FMCG, like you said, as well, as long as some smaller boutique businesses as well, as well as tech and digital. So I've had a really, I've been lucky and fortunate, I think, with the, a very vast array of industries and sectors that I've worked in. And I think some of the most interesting stuff has been around the operational side of things, because it really is such a different world from being behind a laptop, behind a, a PC. And actually, when you get out into the operation, you're speaking to the people on the shop floor, you're actually making things happen. Um, ignites your passion in terms of what, what you want to tell them and how you want to support them in their communications. Awesome. Um, I mean, you know, that your diverse sort of experience, I think that must really help because obviously, um, you know, diversity is great in, in, in all forms, in particular when you're talking about people, right? And, and the way that different types of people and different types of organizations communicate. So obviously, um, one of the reasons why I was so keen to, to sit down with you for, for fast forward. Um, as I mentioned, sort of at the top, we're here to sort of discuss um, the main sort of topic loosely of how organizations can bring um, their people more centrally into their digital transformation initiatives, um, which I think everyone in the room is aware of has have accelerated since the onset of the pandemic, um, what is now over three years ago. Um, yes. I think, you know, somewhere around 40% of IT teams actually accelerated their move to the cloud because of COVID. And obviously that, with that, accelerate a lot of their digital transformation initiatives. Um, and ultimately, we're now in that this sort of place where, position where um, the workplace has become an increasingly complex environment for leadership and employees to navigate, right? We've got hybrid and deskless, and obviously um, there's no office at all in, in, in a lot of instances. So, um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that 
those recent global events have led to organizations becoming less connected, uh, but especially where DESA's workers are concerned. Um, you've been close to the C-suite and many of these innovative and sort of high-tech household brands um, that I mentioned sort of earlier. Um, I think, well, you're currently a Unilever, is that correct? Reporting into right. the Chief Digital Transformation Officer? Correct. Transformation um, Office, yes. So given the communication needs that ha have to be at the forefront of, you know, forming and educating and enabling this change that sort of comes with the digital transformation that we're, you know, we're all increasingly going through, how important do, does that does senior leadership in your experience at these sort of large enterprises perceive the internal comms function, you know, specifically in regards to how uh, it helps to facilitate digital transformation across their organizations? Yeah, great question. A quick story before I, I kind of answer it. The, the business I was working in during the pandemic, I was there predominantly to support the digital transformation. So that was seen as maybe a 12 to 18 month rollout of the entire 365 suite. So Yammer, all the bells and whistles kind of getting everything out there. And then we got sent home one day, as did everyone else expected to be off for a couple of weeks and very quickly realized that we were going to be at home for a long time. So what went from a 12 to 18 month plan was accelerated to we need teams and we need it in three days. So whilst working from home, um, along with everyone else and with, with IT, we rolled teams out within three days. Yammer followed maybe in about six weeks time. So all those timelines were really quickly condensed and accelerated and it meant working very, very closely with IT and tech to get it done. And these are conversations that we were having initially and kind of planning 12 to 18 months. So it just shows that when it comes down to it, you can't, you know, working with the right people, you can achieve anything. So I think that's a really important lesson to learn. In terms of how important the CC, C suite C, um, can I do it again? So in terms of how important the C suite C internal communications, kind of just put my teeth in for this. It does vary. And in my opinion, it has, or my experience, the, the level of awareness of the importance of it does vary. But essentially, it is seen as an important way to support digital transformation, but also internal communications as a whole. I think where I've seen it done most successfully is where those CEOs or the C-suite are really people-centric. So they understand that the digital transformation is not just about the tech adoption, but it's also about the adoption and the exception of people who are going to be using it. So it's really kind of digging deep and understanding the user experience and making sure they get the best out of any tech that comes in. Because at the end of the day, it's there to make their life easier, simpler, faster. Um, so really, it's about understanding how it's going to impact them. And that's the best time that I've seen it is when it's been really, really people focused. Yeah, I mean, I totally, totally agree. Um, I think there is a a misconception of the role technology plays in um, in transforming a workforce wholly to a more digitally um, digital first workforce in terms of it's just one component, right? You, you know, you took technology without human intervention in particular for a lot of the, the sort of frontline industries is, is that is obsolete. So, um, you know, having that regard and appreciation for uh, how that change management process will occur 
um, and what you know what the experience and implications are for the people at the central, at the center and heart of that transformation is ultimately yeah. key to any of those initiatives yep. sort of actually being successful, right? Um, I guess you could say conversely where you haven't maybe seen, yep. we haven't seen it work, we're definitely hearing from our customers in the past is where there was that just assumption of, oh, let's throw some technology at it. So for example, even with us, right, let's you know throw some screens on the walls and suddenly there's screens on the walls, but there isn't a consideration for the, the change, the cultural shift from you know, receiving communication through email or word of mouth or notice boards to transitioning them through to how they actually engage with that new communication medium and more importantly, from an information flow, what type of information do those does that audience and for those employees need in order to achieve whatever the desired outcome is. So yeah, totally agree with you on that point, yeah. Zoe. 100%. And I think we say tech first or digital first but actually it should probably be audience first and particularly if you're in a manufacturing operational side then frontline first because they're often the most forgotten the most difficult audience to reach so actually any tech that comes in to play is it accessible to them do they have easy access does it have to go onto their phone are they kind of bring your own device policies that they you know that need to be considered are there kiosk pcs that are easy for them to get to so i think it's not just what needs to happen. It's kind of it's always audience first, I think, in terms of, of thinking about channels and then particularly the front line. I think there was I think we were talking about this before. I think we figured out that maybe sixty percent or something around those figures, you know, it, in terms of the digital spend impacts maybe ten percent of the population, you know, and and they are those people that are sat behind a desk. Everyone else that's frontline or, or customer facing operational they don't have the same access to everything else that people have so that that investment and the spend in making sure that it actually hits the front line and the people that it's needed to is often you know it's unbalanced you can find yeah and i also i mean they're, they're definitely two ends of the spectrum i think information workers like yourself uh, like ourselves we've got uh, we're being overburdened um, and it's like, I think Gartner define it as sort of digital friction where we've got too many apps at, at once. So I think a minimum of on average six app workplace communication applications that we're sort of having to communicate with via concurrently versus, you know, frontline workers who who will be lucky to have one. Um, so yeah, very different ends of the spectrum. And one of the, actually going back to that story that you shared earlier, um, where you, at your company when you're at COVID and how you managed to roll out uh, something in three days versus 18 months. I think that again is like the divide between frontline information workers. The reality is, you know, you can roll something out that quickly with any your information worker um, workforce, right? Because we are, you know, in terms of digital dexterity, um, you know, digital literacy, you know, we, we're, we're, we're natively using digital tools in everything we do so we can adapt and we can be much more agile to that that pace of change but obviously if you're you know in a factory and suddenly overnight not this has always happened but overnight suddenly someone's sort of thrown a load of new technology at you and expecting suddenly within three days for you to completely change the way of working that's just that that's just not possible right so that that divide has to close and it's not just technology it's change management and training and and everything else that goes with it to, to try and hope to, 
you know, close that gap between the two workforces. And ultimately that will obviously help with creating a more connected uh, company as a whole. Um, awesome. Um, like from, from, yeah, we've been mentioned a few, you know, some, some research already, but, um, I think one of the, the most interesting pieces of research that I've been, I'm sort of referencing, um, lately in sort of informing a lot of the work we're doing screen cloud is the work trend index report, which Microsoft conducted, I believe it was last year, um, uh, loads of great sort of anecdotes coming out of that, but, um, one I particularly wanted to hone in on is, um, that over 60% of frontline employees, um, in the debate that they in interviewed for or questioned for that report said that their company could do more to prioritize culture and communication from the top down. So, you know, with that in mind, how would you recommend balancing employees appetite for an expectation of sort of transparency with C-suite priorities and needs in terms of how and what they communicate to their, to their front and workers? Yeah, it's, it can be a challenge and it's, I've certainly faced some challenges myself in, in operational workspaces. I think ultimately as, as a communicator, internal communicator, I think we're in a really privileged position we're in any organization because we generally sit at the right hand side of um, the SLT and we also have the voice and ear of the, the rest of the organization as well. So we really are kind of the connector of dots, the connector of people. We get to hear things before anyone else might hear it's happening. We're there to coach and, you know, and, and advise the leaders on best how to land these messages. So I think really it's within our gift to interrogate and ask the, you know, the, to dig deep and ask the right questions in terms of getting to the heart of, of what it is the business is, is trying to achieve and just making sure that we share that in a genuine, authentic way as well. I think, you know, I know we keep going back to the, to the pandemic, but I think there's been a real push from the public, you know, just from general people. We just want honest communications. We just want the truth. We don't want to have to dig around for, you know, and try and understand exactly what it is. We just want to be told what we need to know in clear, simple terms um, without any ambiguity. And I think that's really spilled over into the workplace now. Long gone, in my opinion, and the time for the really, really corporate, heavy worded communication. People just want something short, sharp, snappy. They want it now. They want to know kind of what it means to them um, and how they can, you know, process it and just get to that information very, very quickly. So I think it's a mixture of appetite from the audience and also the need for the business to communicate what they need to and I'm a big believer and there should be no there's no place to spin doctoring in internal communications you know we can make things sound nice and you know there's always that adage where telecommunicators people say oh can you make this sound great can you sprinkle some comms glitter on it and really what they're asking us to do is hide a bad message and my very first internal comms boss Anna Russell it's always stuck with me. She said, no amount of good comms can ever hide a bad message. So I think no matter how much fluff or, you know, line issue put around it, if it has to be delivered in a genuine and authentic way. And that's really our role uh, to make sure that that happens. 
wise words um yeah that definitely sort of i could yeah definitely rings true um i definitely seen and felt a shift in that employee power i mean you can sort of see it i guess with a lot of the unionization sort of rising its head especially in you know in the us uh, but also in the uk right um um where there is now an expectation um that there are fundamental needs that have to be met that maybe pre previously um, employees were would sort of just take what they heard from head office and leadership as the the, the 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 total truth, and therefore they just sort of you know get on with their work in line with what they perceive to be um, the norm and 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 unexpected of them. But um, I think COVID, yeah, I guess it exposed. Um, the needs for ultimate transparency um and even more so with these workers who had to go back to work as though you know it was business as usual at the same time as their counterparts that were sort of information workers didn't um so yeah transparency is is, is a number one priority for myself you know within my role and and, and i believe speaking to my peers it is you know something that most employees really do value and expect from from their own uh leadership as well um as you know i'm 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 a big champion of internal communication leaders like yourselves adopting sort of similar methodologies and tactics to how they communicate with their employees to sort of influence employee behavior as you know myself and my fellow marketeers do when we're communicating to our prospects and customers um, and obviously there we're just trying to influence their their buying and customer experience um can you share any stories or examples where you or any of the organizations you've been consulting for have materially sort of used communication or specific communication focused campaign to sort of shift the relationship between frontline and head office and sort of influence those relationships and behaviors yeah, I think the, the classic ones, um, particularly for operational manufacturing, are always like when the boss goes back to the floor. So kind of, you know, getting up in the morning, doing doing a shift, walking the floor and kind of working with the operational teams and understanding really what's going on within the business. I mean, because they can be so, so far away from actually what, what's happening. I mean, you know, if you think of many layers that they have to go through to to understand, I think it's the best thing they can do is actually just get out in the operational or to the floor and actually work with um, the employees that are, you know, kind of keeping the, the company ticking over. I think one of the best ones, though, it's just sprung to me <clears throat> that I've seen, um, classic annual employee engagement report or survey, should I say, that, that goes out. And one year is going through the comments and someone said, I don't know why I bothered to put anything in here because you no one ever reads these comments. And then another one said, so many ideas are down here, but no one's listening to us. And there was one leader that picked up on this and said, actually, no, we're going to do something about this. So she pulled um, a workshop together, asked everyone to come up with an idea. I think there was maybe about five or six that were pitched in the end. Two were taken forward. And one was um, an idea about an idea scheme. So they pulled together this all aim, it was called All Ideas Matter. And it was an idea scheme um, that essentially invited people from all, all across the business to submit ideas in terms of innovation, operational efficiencies, cost savings, 
whatever they wanted to do. And it was so popular. It was then rolled out to um, the three other sites within the business. But I've never seen such a, a success. And that came from someone out within the operation. It happened maybe within six weeks. An entire committee or team was set up to run it. Um, I think some of the cost savings that come out of it were almost immediate operational efficiencies as well. But it just, because it was kind of led from the bottom up, it made such a difference and people really got behind it and got engaged because it was from one of their own, I guess, you know, from the way to see it. It was supported by the business in terms of money and project management, but actually the ideas were coming from the shop floor. So that's probably the, one of the most successful ones that I've seen happen. And if you're asking people questions, you know, tell us what's wrong, tell us how we can support, the worst thing businesses can do is never to go back out with any results or to update them on anything. You know, I see lots of times that they ask year after year or maybe even do quarterly poll surveys, however they run it. But they don't go back out and talk to the employees about the results. So it's all just kind of left hanging. And then they ask another survey six months later and people are like, well, we're telling you the same things. So like the best, I guess the best trust indicator within any business is a business that's does what it says it's going to do. And if you're going to ask your people questions about what can we do to improve things for you and they're telling you, then you have to act on that information. And this is exactly what happened at this business. And, you know, it. I think it's still thriving today, actually. This was maybe six years ago and I think it's still out there today. So it's fantastic. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, uh, really awesome example, Zoe. Um, and I think that brings back to sort of something I'd sort of briefly mentioned earlier around that sort of approach to internal communications uh, and employee experience and aligning that with the same way that as obviously marketing sort of tries to to create that that optimal customer experience that you know when we we are constantly asking our customers what can we do to improve our product what can we do to improve our service and the best the best companies right and obviously I'm I'm being biased towards tech but I think it could could be applicable across any organization is where you know you close that feedback loop of information so it's a two-way communication right where we're obviously we push out to them we pull back in that insider then we listen to and then we inform you know our product roadmap obviously we can't do everything but we we have to act on you know where there clearly is an, a need or a demand for something you know, if we don't do that for our customers, then the likelihood is they'll churn and they'll go find another product or service that does uh, meet their needs, right? And the same, exactly the same should be applicable to employees, right? And obviously there's a filter on it because, you know, you will get employees asking for very um, unrealistic things. But the reality is that, you know, these people are in the heart of these organizations, the beating pulse of them very close to processes, close to the technology, close to the product, close to customers. If we're not closing that feedback loop to get their in you know, their their thoughts and opinions and and perspectives back and, and then not just doing that as you say, but then using that in, insight to inform what direction we need to go as a business, then ultimately, you know, those types of organizations that have that sort of top down only approach to communications will definitely, you know, be outperformed by that counterparts that do have a two-way communication channel. So, yeah, really great, really great example there. That, that sort of really, sort of leads into 
what I was going to sort of talk with you about next, which was um, around trust, right? Um, you know, we're all aware that building and maintaining trust between employees and in particular leadership in frontline industries is crucial for creating those sort of positive work environments and fostering employee engagement and ultimately ensuring better overall performance as a business. But crucially, at the same time, you know, we're equally aware that poor communication from leaders in, you know, frontline industries We've actually broken the trust for a lot of their employees. Um, I was reading an article by the head of workplace of Meta um, recently, uh, which was all about the imminent need for C-suite to start prioritizing their frontline workforce or literally risk losing half of it. Um, and in that report, they actually um, stated that one quarter, they trace it to set frontline workers can uh, only one quarter, uh, completely trusted their organization to communicate transparently about company news and updates. Um, I know we touched on transparency a little bit earlier, but really around sort of trust, um, what specific approaches or tactics can, can be employed to build trust and credibility between um, internal communications professionals on behalf of the business and, and frontline workers? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, relating back to what I said before about, you know, being an internal community, communicator is a privileged position in in any organization i think it is about being visible out in the operation it's about being approachable it's about having you know honest and genuine open conversations with those on the front line i've just a story just sprung to mind actually and it it did it kind of shaped um my internal comms career after that because it just what happened had never occurred to me before and I, I just updated some content, digital signage, actually. Uh, get that plug in for you. But we don't just updated it, but an error message returned. So I had to go over there physically to see what was wrong with the screen. So someone had turned the TV off. So I've turned it back on and I'm just waiting for it to load. And while I'm stood there looking at it, just someone walks by and says, oh, propaganda TV's back up. And I just stopped went, is that what you genuinely think? I was like, do you genuinely think it's propaganda TV? And he was in, just sort of shrug. And I was really offended. I was still going, but I write that. I write that for you. He went, oh, do you? said, I didn't take you as one of those. And the conversation kind of went back and forth a little bit. You know, we, we settled it. But when I got back to my desk, I just sat there and I thought, it had never occurred to me that employees would would consider what we put out there, like, not truthful. Never considered that they wouldn't believe what we were writing and you know when I'm writing the content or writing the emails or writing the briefs I'm doing it with pure intentions with honest intentions and yeah it, it just maybe naively but it just never occurred to me that people wouldn't believe what what we put out there and that kind of changed the way that I then approached any communication because I always looked at it through that lens and not so much is will they believe us but is what we're saying true so that really made me interrogate any information or data that come through to me and kind of really get to the heart of why we're doing what we're doing. So that that was, you know, that was quite a turning point in my internal comms career. But I think it is about having those relationships with those on the front line, particularly if, you know, if it's unionised or you have work councils, then you have to get to know um, the stewards that bought the floor and just have, a, you know, almost a, a genuine, open, honest conversation because they will then feed into you what can be really supportive and helpful in terms of, you know, when new initiatives or change are coming up, having their 
ear and understanding and also guidance on the best way how to tell people particularly if it's you know not the best news the nice stuff is always is always easy but if it's something that needs a bit more support and it's going to be a heavy change program then 100% you have to have those people on your side and that starts with just building genuine trust you know doing what you said you're going to do being open and honest if you don't know something then say you don't know it and equally I'm just going to pick up on a point you said about um you know kind of sharing the feedback I think it's just as important to say why you can't do something as to you know rather than leave it unanswered if something is in the too difficult to do box at the point you know at this point in time then just say so the employees would much rather hear something than nothing and fill the void with whatever they want it for it for and that's when it gets really difficult to turn things around when they've already filled the void with with their own you know thoughts or you know their own propaganda I guess if you like so it's just really important to to close that loop but also to build those relationships with everyone that you need to so it's identifying the key stakeholders and just getting out there and getting to know them brilliant well first of all first of all appreciate the digital side plug although it definitely or <laughs> being a screen power screen if you're having issues with it obviously but um exactly it wasn't you guys um yeah and i think like we we're um we're actually working increasingly with um other technology partners and there's some really exciting stuff coming online with microsoft and first up um unily these sort of employee experience platforms because i think increasingly organizations that do value internal comms as a real sort of enabler for you know productivity engagement you know operational efficiency um they're starting to appreciate that the employees um have to be at the center of their communicate of an omni-channel approach to their communication right which means that the whole communication strategy is built on top of the type of information that their employees actually want and need um in order to meet their essentially their fundamental needs right so if we're sort of mapping that back to sort of trust and transparency you know being able to receive information about um, new career opportunities where they can obviously progress within the organization, the learning and development paths associated with those, you know, benefits packages, all of the amazing things that a lot of organizations actually do have, but then a lot of employees don't really know about because they're not communicated effectively. So um, all of those, those great things that sort of happen outside of sort of direct communication in terms of you know, having benefits, actually having a good learning and development path, having career opportunities, can all be um, realized through more effective communication. And when an employee does have that sense of belonging and feels like there's sort of that, is that culture of caring with their employer because, you know, the unique information that's being flowed to them is is information that, that they that they really value and can see the you know, the the that it's them first. I'm not saying that every piece of information is because there still has to be blended with, you know, more corporate comms, health and safety, et cetera, et cetera. But that's really important you know, way of building that trust and showing that you care. And, and ultimately then, you know, you would probably start seeing a more positive response to someone walking past the screen when the information that's been through that. Before we round things off, I'd, I'd like to ask you one final question, which is what do you predict or, or you know, hope for 
um, in, in terms of what the future of work in front of my like in 2040. In 2040, wow, it's a little way off, isn't it? Although it will soon be here, no doubt. I think my hope is just that the the workplace or you know workplace communications is as seamless as it should be it should just be easy you know we all carry around our phone we've got multiple apps that all do different things that keep us informed of, of what we need to know and we're not we don't mind dipping into 14 15 different apps a day if that's what it takes to find out what we need to do but in terms of work it should just be super simple and easy. Whatever they need to know should be there in the palm of the hand or within easy to reach. So I think what I hope for is that there's genuine, authentic, easy and accessible communications for all. And it's it, it sounds simple, but if it was easy, then we'd all be do, we'd all be doing it right now. But obviously, there are some challenges to that. But that that is it: easy, accessible simple and clear communications to all very succinct um and obviously if you have a vision you want it to be slight, you know more succinct and obviously there's a lot more detail to sort of unpacking that and realizing that but i think yeah you, you know i'd have to you know entirely agree and, and I, I i'm not saying it's simple when i think a lot of the challenges are more around that how do you manage that that change management process and that cultural shift where workers have been sort of digitally detached and neglected in terms of sort of their, you know, improving their digital literacy by having access to, you know, the same type of tools that that, that, that we do. Um, but at the same time, uh, I don't think it's acceptable that, that we're so far away from that, right? And I mean, there are certain examples that I'm aware with internal comms, you know, you guys, I say you guys, but, you know, I've, I've heard the how, um, you know, emails are being sent out to to everyone in a in a in a on a sort of bcc mailing list via sort of your sort of gmail or outlook email when then you've got your marketing team who have got you know uh, uh, a six-figure marketing automation platform that they're using to sort of segment their audience and send out personalized content so you know the disparity between how you know tools that are already available within the organization but they're how they're being used for customers and prospects versus how they're not being used or not being regarded as something that could extend to their um to 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 their own employees are sort of quick wins along with obviously these all these advancements in say ai um and automation that can help accelerate and remove that manual dependency that um that i know staggers um a lot of internal comms that typically you know are under resourced so Hopefully, you know, we, we're, all, we're all playing a role in, in trying to uh, make internal communications more equitable and accessible for all, um, in particular, obviously, um, for frontline workers. So onwards with our crusade, Zoe. Well, I mean, I did simplify it. Just so I did simplify it because it should be that easy. It should be that easy. But it does mean that businesses have to invest money in making it that easy. And I think that's where the challenge lies at the moment because if you're frontline or you know operational you're unlikely to to be allowed to have your phone on hand but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have that you know access to the same tools as everyone else so it's going to take investment i think they know it needs to happen and it could be that simple yeah and i guess there as well i mean so, 
you're mentioning mobile phones and you know like, without uh um planning to sort of reference screen cloud again and what we do but um i think it's <laughs> yeah again it's sort of thinking but it's putting the employee at the heart of that communication strategy <laughs> and say okay well hey like 80 percent of our employees like we they don't have a, a personal device so we can't expect them to be uh to be able to benefit from uh, an intranet or an employee engagement app when we've also got a very strict no phones on the factory floor policy um what so what is the best way of making sure that our um, internal problems and our informational flow is equitable and sufficient for their needs and then you know obviously with digital scientists we present a, a solution for that um so i think again it's sort of that ch- shifted mindset and appreciation for the employee their needs how will they need some information prospects and best way of receiving that type of information and then using that to inform okay well this is what we're going to invest in in terms of our next you know workplace communication tool rather than um just sort of i guess following a bit of a trend towards sort of having you know employee experience platforms and intranets and uh, uh and tools that aren't necessarily the best way uh of you know the best platform or, t- or solution for a lot of these employees um i mean i think we could yeah. sit here and wipe all the rollers of the of king gildes uh, <laughs> um we could get right in our soapbox about it i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's been it's been great discussing everything with you today i hope you know, i hope all of our listeners also found it an interesting conversation and yeah, look forward to hopefully um, to doing our conversation again in the future. Thank you very much. Hope so. Thanks, Luke.